into the heart of God. Um, as Abby was sharing, and uh, we read, and uh, we looked on at that um, very challenging uh, um, video clip. I'm just reading, why do we do what we do? I'm just reading my devotional this morning. God says, defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. And uh, if ever there's a, a group uh, that's seeking to do that, there's many, many, but Hope for Justice has been prophetically established by the Lord under great young leadership. And uh, I know that uh, they'll be blessed by our support this morning. God is a merciful God. I, I wonder if uh, for a moment or two you could... Uh, just uh, allow me an indulgence just before we do that, just, uh, just to say that as we were singing this morning, uh, it's a new day. Ah, well, we've heard the song a few times, but something just went big in my spirit, just to encourage people to really recognize that. Uh, there, there are people gathered here this morning, and it is a new day. You know the word in the New Testament for new speaks about chronos, time, but it also speaks about kairos, a specific time, a, a time of new quality. Uh, of new impetus, of something, God doing something new. And uh, I, I, I really sense that. It's a new day for somebody for forgiveness. It's a new day for somebody in terms of work. It's a new day for somebody in terms of purpose. It's a new day for somebody to serve the body of Christ in the way that you did in the past, but you've not been doing it. God says it's a new day. It's a new day for restoration. It's a new day. And God wants you to understand the cross moment and the Kairos moment over your life in this day, so that you'd engage with all that he wants you to do for his glory and for his praise. And just as we come to the word this morning, I wonder if you'd just indulge me for a moment. But, you know, we go from week to week, and Christian and myself and other people around the life of the church are very conscious that sometimes things can come to people that in arena church right out of the blue. And uh, even, even over Christmas time, <clears throat> we had a context in, in Mansfield that was really dreadful, and uh, a dear sister that's trying to just navigate that now, a real broken, broken situation, and uh, other people as well, of course, and uh, just this week, uh, I had the joy of being part of the national leadership team meeting of the group of churches that we belong to nationally, Assemblies of God on Monday and Tuesday in Coventry, not sent to Coventry, thank God, but went to Coventry, and... uh, and uh, we enjoyed just some great time. John Glass from our sister fellowship, Elin Minister. Just wonderful, wonderful fellowship. And Gary Rucci, who's become a dear friend of, and Nikki, have become dear friends of Sharon and mine, and a colleague of mine on the national leadership team. Gary serves also the churches in London and also is the catalyst for mission. Not only mission abroad, but mission where we are. His favorite, one of his favorite words is global. Um, so it's global and it's also local and Gary and Nikki very sacrificially uh, moved their family from uh, Queensland uh, Australia two years ago in response to the call of God all the inconveniences of that selling up and moving here and uh, buying into a new culture and a great take on all of that and uh, just done an amazing job great work capacity incredible work ethic and um, God's really used them and uh, just this week saw them Tuesday everything seemed great and just this week heard that Wednesday, Thursday, the eldest daughter, Stephanie, she's 20 years of age, was rushed into hospital with a, a blockage on her brain. And, um, and just the whole thing, they thought it was viral initially, which would be very, it's not that, but it's been a very, very difficult few days. And Stephanie's actually been able to come home, but she's very, very sick. And uh, there's lots of journeys in front of her, right out of the blue. Right out of the blue, she's, she's, recent, she's a, a trained beautician. She's been doing some work. Right out of the blue, a crisis comes into somebody's life. And if you wouldn't mind this morning, I, I'd love to text 
Gary later in the day and say, Arena Church stood this morning and prayed for you. And uh, there'll be churches all over the country that will do that. But I know it will encourage their heart. And uh, we pray for a full recovery for Stephanie, that God will do something amazing. So would you stand with me for a moment, please? And we've got kids at 18, 19, 20 in our church, full of human life. And, you know, these things are just inexplicable at times. And God knows. And they're trusting God. They're not angry with God. They trust him. And so, Father, we stand together this morning as the community court arena. And we lift our dear brother Gary and sister Nikki to you, Lord, and pray. As you'll give them amazing peace as parents, Lord, this morning in Jesus' name. And we pray for Stephanie right now, Lord, that you will send your healing words to her, Lord. We pray that every pressure will be taken from her brain, Lord. We pray for no blood clots. We pray that everything will flow as normal. We pray that we'll hear of a good report in Jesus' name, that you will do something amazing for the glory of God, and that, Lord, this family will continue to be able to walk in their destiny for such a time as this. And, Father, all the people of God said, Amen. And we believe it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. <clears throat> Just to say on Gary that uh, you, you remember when the no smoking bans came up and uh, there was all those stickers on buildings. Can you remember with the the, the, the ciggy and and the and people eventually got it. Amazing when you go to the context, you go to Eastern Europe and they're still smoking the cafes. You think, how do we put up with this? You know, but um, uh, and, but. You know, I, I always sort of say about church on Sunday that it's a discouragement-free zone. Uh, because the reality is that in the office, in the factory, in the school, wherever we've been, in the week, there's plenty of things that may seek to discourage us. The media would love to do that. They'd love to tell us that the church is dying and it's not way out. So I'd love to just give you one or two good news stories that illustrate the fact, friends, that Jesus is building his church. He says in Matthew that I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not be able to prevail against it. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 that his intent was now through the church, the manifold, the many varied colors of God's wisdom will be declared to the rulers and authorities, and this according to his eternal purpose in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're not here this morning by chance. She said, well, I haven't even become a believer yet. But if you will become a believer, you tap into the eternal purpose that's all for your life. That's the church. And just talking about Gary, he was just last weekend in Egypt, and uh, you know that about 18 months ago, I had the joy of being part of a delegation that went to Egypt. And one of the foremost, probably the most foremost church uh, in the Arabic world is found in Cairo, just around the corner from Tahir Square. By tradition, it's Presbyterian, but it's incredibly spirit-filled. An amazing apostolic leadership that influences the Arabic world in an amazing way. I say all this, friends, and I'm careful for what I'm saying. I'm not even mentioning the name of the church. Uh, that Gary was in a conference last week at their conference site, which is about an hour out of Cairo. No tape recordings, no mentioning speakers. But just to say, friends, God is doing something amazing in the Islamic world. And Jesus Christ is building his church. He really is. He's building his church. <clears throat> it wasn't hype. It wasn't pumped up. In fact, the church is not like that. But there were testimonies coming from people that had traveled to the conference to share what God is doing. Those of you that follow African politics and they're all over the room will understand that, uh, that um, the Muslim Brotherhood won the elections in Egypt some time ago and there was a bit of deflation about that. But God always turns things around. The fact is that they're not delivering. 
And in the, in the sense of not delivering politically, it is opening people's eyes spiritually to something more. I share all that today because I know people, people all across this church pray. You pray for nations. Sometimes you get a stir in your heart to pray for something. So what's that about? Well, don't second guess it. Just pray for it. Because it's the Spirit of God helping you to collide with his purposes in the earth in these days. And I say, friends, God is doing amazing, amazing, amazing things. I realize I'm on podcasts and I'm not going to go any further than that. But God is building his church in the power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And we give him all praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 this morning. It's just a verse that I want to read that will launch us into this little series that will take us hopefully, literally, spiritually together, community forward over the next few, day, few weeks. Going forward, dash, 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 together. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27, the Apostle Paul writing to the church. We've been in Philippians on a Tuesday night. We concluded this Tuesday in the Stronger series. A fantastic book. And Paul says, whatever... And those that have been at those times will know that the whatever was, whether I'm in life or death, whether I'm with you or not with you, whether I'm on earth or in heaven with the Lord, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving as one man for the faith of the gospel. A few months ago, at the beginning of the year, we were just beginning to engage in some repurposing of one or two significant teams around the life of Arena Church, and more of that as we go forward. And uh, just without a lot of thought, I just gave out a resource sheet at one of these meetings. Christian was bringing some input to it, and just left it with the guys. And uh, the reality was, Christian sort of revisited it. He he, he sort of looked at some of the stuff, and it was, it was an analysis of a book that was written by an American author called Patrick Lencioni about team dysfunctionality. And it provided some juice for Tuesday morning staff meetings to the extent that as we talk together, as we thought, as we plan for ministry, and we take this very, very seriously. It's not just, you know, Friday night at 8 o'clock, what we're doing Sunday. Um, it's, it, it's a very sense of what God's speaking into the church we, we just wanted to look afresh at going forward, moving forward together. We're not going to use this stuff verbatim in any way like we did the, uh, the, the circle maker material. But there'll be one of two sort of principles that will challenge our heart and really sort of cut to the quick in terms of helping us increasingly to be the community that God has called us to be. You see, God's always in the process of going forwards. He really is. He's always on the business of people going forward together. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 15, the pursuing Egyptian soldiers at the rear, the seemingly impassable Red Sea at the front, the Lord said to Moses, tell my people to move forwards. How many of you know that sometimes God tells us to move forward when it seems impossible? And then he says, if you'll do it anyway, I'll get all the praise and all the glory. Moving together forward in togetherness, as team, united and unimpeded. Now, we'll, we'll, and, and I'll, I'll address one or two of the things this morning, because what I'm trying to do this morning is just lay a little foundation for four or five things over the next few weeks that we just lay into the heart of the church. Please hear me very carefully at this particular point. Because the problem with the preacher, particularly in terms of the local church, talking about a sense of togetherness or team or unity, 
whatever word you want to take from that, the problem with it is, here we go, the person down in the seat is thinking already that the reason that Phil's addressing going forward together is seeking to give an inference, one, that we don't have any togetherness, two, that we don't have any unity, and three, that we are not operating as a team. And I want to make it very, very clear this morning, that is not the case. It is not the case. As I was thinking this week, friends, in preparation, I celebrate again, I revel in the spirit of togetherness and team that's in this church. The number of people that come together in teams to make Sunday work, the number of people that have come together in all sorts of expressions or arena that make the church, the community, everything that's around us work day in, day around, around. Uh, day in, day out, around the life of the church. It is amazing. People that didn't think they could work with other people, working with them. People that didn't have a real understanding of team ethic, now part of teams. People that would, would more run to individuality rather than togetherness, now finding a spirit of togetherness. It's been incredible. It's been incredible. But, and, and lots of this fueled by a volunteer army that's giving up time within their busy week and world to give something for the cause of the kingdom. Here's how I want you to see it this morning. I'm not talking about coming from here to try and get to here. I'm not talking about, friends, any issues in the church that are massively disunited. I'm not talking about the fact that we haven't got a clue about team or a spirit of togetherness because I think we're about here on the journey. We've left there way back. We've addressed issues. We've laid something into the culture of the church. It is part of our arena DNA. But we want to get to there. We want to get to there. And God says that we need to continue to move forward in what he's got for us. Because whilst we thank God for all that he's done, the challenges in front of us are huge. And as you can see, we keep getting confronted. If I can use the word assaulted with incredible needs that expresses the powers of darkness that the church cannot be indifferent to in these days. How do we get to here? How do we become stronger? How do we become more united? How do we find greater expression of team? How do we build something within us that whatever the powers of darkness may throw against us, we will continue to go forward? That's what we're on about. We're on about digging deeper to be stronger so that we can advance together. That's what we're talking about. As the Irish comedian said, there's more. And uh, <laughs> there's always more. <laughs> there's always more. And there's not only more for you, there's more for us. There's more for us. The Bible says, encourage one another. Be of one mind, live in peace. The Bible says, make every effort. Or as the authorized version says, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. The literal understanding of that from the original text is that we're to sweat at it. We're to labor at it. The Bible says, as we've read in Philippians 1, our text for this morning, that we're to be of one spirit, one man, for the cause of the gospel. And there are many pictures in the Bible that lend themselves to this great call of going forward together. For instance, the, the, the church is described in the New Testament as a body. One of the classic passages of Scripture is 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about the church of Jesus Christ being like a physical body. It talks about the fact that we can't say to the seemingly weaker parts of the body, we have no need of you, because they are all the more important. And what does body speak about? Well, it speaks about alignment. It speaks about fusion. It speaks about joining. 
I said to Christian about four or five weeks ago, thankfully it's a lot better. He says, mate, he says, my left arm, I'm trying to get an old, you know. I don't know what I did. I don't know what it was. Shannon says, you need to go to the doctor. No, I'm one of them blokes. I'm not going to the doctors. I'll go sit down. I'll see it through. You know. So the pain was so horrible, it made me nauseous. You know. It was incredible. I thought about people in Arena Church who, when they get out of bed every morning, the first thing they feel is pain. I thought, how blessed I am. You know what blokes are like, ladies, you know, it's chuntering and muttering and, you know. Come to the conclusion all those aspirins they try and sell us are a complete waste of time because they never have any impact on me. And, you know, but the reality is I understood the power of alignment. There was something, there was something not aligned here, you know. And uh, my body was saying so. And it's exactly the same in the body of Christ. He fuses us together, he joins us together, he aligns us. It's not everybody doing what I do, and it's not me doing what you do. But it's the body of Christ fueled together. It's incredible. The church is described as a family in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 15. And the reality is that even the, even the great families of the earth, they have issues, they have things to work through. You know, they really do. And it's exactly the same with the family of God. But the family speaks of relationship. It speaks about recognition of one another. It speaks about respect for each other. That's how family works. And then the Bible describes the church as an army. 2 Corinthians 10. We don't wrestle with the weapons of this world, but we wrestle with spiritual weapons. And of course, we've just completed our stand series. And the context of the foundational verses were found in Ephesians 6, which talks about the Christian church being in a spiritual battle. And in army, you have to take responsibility and, and be resilient in the heat of the battle. But you do it best when you work together. Have you noticed when these guys receive awards, some of the heroes coming back from Afghanistan, and they receive a reward, and so very often they say, I received this on behalf of my battalion. I, I received this on behalf of my team. And they, they never draw it to themselves. They realize that they're only as good as the people that serve with them. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says that you are living stones being built as a spiritual house. Imagine you having a new house built. Yeah, in your dreams. But imagine having a new house built. And you had a brick here, and a, and a brick here, and a, and a brick here. So it says, okay, it, the, it, it'll, it'll be all right. It, when it rains, well, we'll just get wet, you know. You know what? But it doesn't work like that. You'll see a brick. Like we've got builders in the church, skilled builders. They begin to lay the bricks. They fuse the bricks together with cement or mortar. And that's how the church works. We're living stones, knit together with what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives to build up to be a spiritual house which the Spirit of God indwells by His Spirit. That is the church. That is the church. And here's how it works, friends, in the church of Jesus Christ. Because the church of Jesus Christ expresses the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean with all of those pictures and with a spirit of togetherness and team that everybody has equal authority, equal responsibility, equal input, or equal sense of giving direction. But it does mean that everybody's equally valued. Let me read again from our culture statements. It says that we will celebrate diversity of gifts, abilities, backgrounds, personalities, characteristic of any community. No diversity always works best in unity with others. 
Just recently, the leader of what became known as the Moonies in Korea many years ago, Sun Yan Moon, passed away. Can you remember those weddings he used to hold? Well, they were scary, weren't they? The reason they were scary is because everybody was the same. And friends, a characteristic of cultishness is when the leader wants to make everybody the same. But Jesus leading his church rejoices in people being different. But as they are different, they come to faith in Jesus so that they are united together in what he wants to do. It's amazing. People outside of spiritual context have understood the power of togetherness. Henry Ford, great American industrialist, whose goal was to give an ability for every ordinary working class American to buy a car. They were all black at one time, as some of you know as well. But he said this, he says, coming together is a beginning, keeping together is progress, but working together is success. We've come together, we're keeping together, but we're going to encourage to keep working together because that brings success. The late Steve Jobs said these words, great things in business never were done by one person. They were always by a team of people. And I couldn't let this go by without a quote from sport. And somebody said this. Said this, talent wins games. Teams win championships. Talent wins games. Teams win. Now the next 20 seconds is going to go over a lot of people's heads. But the reality is, the greatest player on the earth today, football-wise, is Lionel Messi, as far as I'm concerned. Great player, great attitude. His scoring record's outstanding because he scores the goals, but he doesn't win the championships on his own. He needs Puyol. He needs Valdez. He needs Piquet. And so we could go on. See, because he doesn't win anything on his own. He doesn't win anything on his own. Teams win championships. And it may be friends that just because of calling and gifting and sense of authority, you might see Christian and me on the platform quite a lot with some sense of public profile. But we can't do this on our own. We need everybody in the life of a the church to be given to their particular sense of the calling to what God is doing. And as we do this together, we go forward in the purposes of God and in the praise of his name. So what stops togetherness in churches? Well, let me list a few things. Maybe we'll address them over the next few weeks. Ego stops togetherness. Glory. One of the things that we put in our culture statements was, it's amazing what can be accomplished when it doesn't matter who gets the glory. Hang on, it doesn't finish there. Dash, it doesn't matter. Here's the question we need to continually ask ourselves. Does it matter? Does it matter to you that when you do something for the kingdom of God, you get the glory? Because if it does matter, you're going to have a problem with team. You're going to have a problem with togetherness. And God tests you on this all the time. All the time. Here's how it works for a preacher, someone that loves to open the word. We're laying a series into the church, let's say on prayer. In fact, let me use an example. The year, year before us, at the beginning of the year, we did a series on prayer. And Christian said to me, Phil, is there somebody called Bing in that's not spoken at Arena Church before that would be good in this area? I says, yeah, let's ask Steve Upple. Steve's leading a great church at All Nations in Wolverhampton. And so we've laid three or four weeks on prayer. We've laid it in. Steve Upple comes. People said, Steve Upple's revolutionized my prayer life. Hello? What? 
See, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've got some fantastic teams in Arena Church that have really allowed that to be right at the heartbeat of what they do. They really have. They really have. Then what about lack of trust? Christian's going to address it next week. We had a, a very eminent preacher come to this church about 18 months ago that spoke on trust. Actually, it's Coveyism. Stephen J. Covey, who was a businessman, a business strategist, and a Christian, just recently gone to be with the Lord, talked about trust. You may remember the illustration. When trust is low, progress is slow. When trust is high, progress is swift. Here's the truth, friends. If I can be bold this morning, if every time there's a decision made by the leadership of Arena Church, everybody in the church says, what's that about? And what does that mean? And where are we coming up with that from? And what's that going to undertake? We're going to, we're going to make... But if, friends, we'll build such a relationship with each other to the extent that we don't have to put the caveat in, well, you know, but we trust them because you trust us. You know, we've built something relationally that means that the last thing the leadership of the church do would ever rip off the body of Christ. And if ever they did it wrong publicly, they'd apologize publicly. That's the ethic that we've built into the church. It means that when we share things that have sometimes come out of hours and weeks and months of visionary preparation, praying in the multitude of councils, safety, bouncing things off, we say yes. We start moving ahead. That's how it works. I want to say, friends, there are fewer churches that operate like that than we'd like. We need to do better in the area of trust. What about insecurity? What about relational unintelligence? Did you realize that intelligence is nothing to do with how many O-levels you've got? GCSEs, degrees. And hear me, and you've heard us all say, we love all that. We encourage all of our kids to do the best that they can at school. But intelligence is bigger than that. In fact, the Bible says that God's in, he'll destroy that intelligence if it raises itself up against the Lord. But intelligence, friends, is an understanding of how to operate in numbers of areas. And people operate with relational unintelligence. Here's how it works. Well, and it may be that this is what you are temperamentally. You're a confrontational type of person. So you use language like, well, you see, I just believe in saying it as it is. See, question to you, are you ready for the repost? If you like saying it as it is, do you like hearing it as it is because I find that most people are like saying it as it is don't want to hear it it may be that you're sort of person that don't respond about anything Christians getting pumped about something we just bought a new building Mansfield Relational, unintelligent. In other words, nothing excites you, nothing gets you pumped. God wants to do something. He wants you to do something in your life. We need to work at those areas that we become more relationally intelligent. That's not stopping you being you. But it's helping us to understand how that works out to help us go forward together. 
What about attitudes? What about words? What about lack of accountability? What about lack of commitment? You think, wow. So we're here. We're here. We're trying to get to here. So we're going to address trust. We're going to look at how we deal with conflict when it emerges. We're going to seek to build increased commitment, to raise the accountability levels, to bring some attention to results. That's where we're going. And God helping us, he'll lay something fresh into our lives. Let me just leave you, coming back to Philippians 1.27. As we go forward, standing one firm in one spirit, striving together as one man for the faith of the gospel, with three simple little thoughts from Hebrews that will help us go forward together. Number one, that we go forward together engaging. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10 verses 25, 22 to 25 is a brilliant passage for, for preachers because it gives us five letters. It's a great outline. Let us draw near to God, us, not me, not you, us, community. Let us draw near to God. Let us hold unswervingly to hope. Christian letters in the, in the meeting downstairs this morning, friends. Live in a society bereft of hope. Let us hold unswervingly to hope. Let us spur one another on to good works. Let us not forsake the meeting together of ourselves. How many times do I still keep coming to people who say, well, you don't have to go to church be a Christian. I'm a Christian anyway. Where's that in the Bible? The Bible says let's not avoid meeting together because this lifts something in us that prepares us for the missional world that God is laying into your life this week. You bypass it at your peril. And let us encourage one another. Advancing together. Going forward together. Going forward engaging with each other. Then going forward believing. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. But those that come to God and believe that he is, he rewards them as they diligently seek him. I'm signing so many forms at the moment that uh, the lovely Mrs. Simpson keeps putting on my desk. Without faith, I don't think I'm going to sleep at night. <laughs> We've got to pay for this thing at Mansfields. And you know, friends, I'm comfortable. I'm confident in God. I really am. Because we've processed it well. We're doing it in relationship. We've talked it through. We've prayed. And God has been amazing, friends. He really has. He's been amazing. And you need to believe God. And God's always taking us to the next thing. He's always taking us to the thing that's outside of our comfort zone. That's faith. The moment I get to a place and say, I can do it, it's not faith. But continue to believe in the Lord. So we go forward together engaging. We go forward together believing. And we go forward together advancing. Christian brought this verse in Mansfield some months ago. Really impacted me at the end of Hebrews 11.39. Let's not be of those that shrink back. In other words, let's not be a retreating people, but an advancing people for the glory of God and for the praise of his name. Friends, God's amazing. Please don't hear this message this morning with any sense of negativity. Please don't think, oh, must be loads of problems in Arena Church going on about togetherness. What's the issue? We're not here. Let me illustrate again. We are not here. I think God's positioning us, friends, for something incredible. But we need to let him keep challenging our hearts, touching us, drawing us together, bringing us to a place where we'll be engaging together, where we'll be believing together, 
And so we'll be advancing together. The call to unity in the scriptures is amazing. It's incredible. The call to togetherness. The call to going forward is incredible. It's just wonderful. It speaks of unity. It speaks of synergy. Where, you know, one plus one can do amazing things. It speaks of community. Here's what Craig Rochelle says as I close. And as we set up a platform this week, hopefully you've just got it, for where we want to go over the next few Sundays. I can say without any sense of contradiction, friends, God will challenge us. But I know that as we respond to the challenge, God will do something just in us that will be just amazing for his glory and for his praise. I love being part of Arena Church. I love all that he wants to do, friends, and the best is still in front of us for his glory and for his honor. And Grishel says, you can make a difference on your own, but with the right people, you can change the world. Let's be encouraged to keep going forward together.